From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers. I'm David Bolander, editor of Finance and Commerce. Thanks so much for joining. Beyond the Skyline is sponsored by Ironmark Building Company. Whether it's a new luxury apartment building in the North Loop or expanding the community in the suburbs, Ironmark builds quality projects for discerning clients. Ironmark's foundation is built on a culture of collaboration with clients and projects that stand the test of time. Talk to Ironmark's award-winning team about your next construction project today. Go to ironmarkbuildingco.com. In this week's episode, David Wellington, president and co-owner of Wellington Management, talks to FNC reporter J.T. Duggan. Wellington talks about his company's ongoing projects and the shifting dynamics of retail real estate. Hey, all right. Today we have David Wellington, uh, president and co-owner at Wellington Management. We're going to talk a little bit about the company's work and uh, you know the changing nature of retail. And uh, yeah, hey, David, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Uh, good to be here. Yeah, of course. Uh, first, tell me a bit about some of Wellington's big projects recently. Uh, well, we're about two-thirds of the way done uh, construction on a um, mixed-income project out in the uh, Opus Park. Uh, it's a, a nice, going to be a really nice uh, housing project, 223 units. Uh, it's first of two phases um, that was uh, on land that we owned uh, in a previous uh, asset class is an office building. Uh, that office market uh, became quite anemic um, for a variety of reasons over the last couple of years. And so we decided to kind of flip and reposition the, the property and the project. Um, so that's a good one. And uh, we just started construction on a 187 unit uh, LIHTC deal in um, Harrison neighborhood in North Minneapolis. That's uh, uh, our third phase, I guess, uh, of projects uh, working in that Bass Creek Valley area over the last seven years. Um, we're uh, completing a two-phase uh, land development uh, project up in Blaine at 109th Lexington. That's about a 275 or 300-acre uh, large land development on both north and south side of 109th um, and a variety of different uses that we're developing and co-developing with others. Um, and we're doing some acquisitions work and have several more housing projects in the pipeline. And, uh, completed construction on two market rate projects in the urban core. And yeah, things are good. Oh, awesome. All sorts of stuff. Do you guys, would you say you have a specialty within um, kind of residential development? No, we, we are um, very opportunistic. So we got the portfolio that we own and manage is about 5 million square feet now. Um, and 2 million of that is office and a million is retail, a million is industrial and then another million square feet or so of housing. And that housing uh, portfolio is about a thousand units, um, almost actually exactly. And uh, it's about half and half between kind of uh, income restricted and then pure market rate. And yeah. we kind of like playing in that mixed income uh, product type in particular, add some creativity and um, feels like those are spaces that we, we understand pretty well. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, could you, I've written about this quite a bit, but could you talk a little bit about what you guys are doing in Best Creek Valley, Harrison neighborhood? Yeah, we <clears throat> kind of stumbled upon 
an old industrial dry cleaner that was owned by the Leaf family um, since 1930. And that was a 85,000 square foot warehouse that had been kind of stapled together since uh, the inception of that business. And uh, it had sat vacant since 2008. We acquired it in 2016, um, started underwriting it in 15. Uh, it was, as you can imagine, quite dirty and a complicated remediation. Um, but we've turned that initial acquisition of really 200,000 feet of land into um, a LIHTC housing project that Artspace has built uh, after we remedi- remediated the primary site. Uh, then we built a 66,000 square foot spec office building, um, delivered that in 2019, and then uh, worked a deal with the City of Lakes Land Trust and Habitat for Humanity. And they've started construction on a 17 unit owner-occupied income-restricted townhome project that will be uh, in the land trust in perpetuity. And then we just started construction on a 187-unit um, project that uh, we're in partnership with Hall of Famer Carl Eller. Um, and we have uh, at least one more, if not two more phases of development from that initial acquisition. And then we have other property uh, close by, about a block away, that we um, were able to wrestle away from CP Rail uh, in a transaction in late 2019. Um, and so we have kind of all in about 10 or 12 acres of land control in the Bass Creek Valley area adjacent or right next to uh, the impound lot. Um, if any of your listeners have had the unfortunate experience of uh, visiting, um, particularly now that it's snowing outside, we, we might have some folks going there. Uh, we're kind of looking at it as an opportunity to invest long term. In the growth of downtown and the economic center, obviously of the city, uh, but also the uh, you know clear signal from the public sector and spending a lot of dollars in infrastructure more than they would like, obviously uh, in that uh, new light rail line uh, coming out of downtown, going down to the southwest suburbs, uh, and we think it's a good play um, to be trying to build kind of long-term investments uh, in and adjacent to um, that transit-oriented uh, neighborhood. Um, and Harrison in particular has, you know, a lot of opportunity to uh, try to work on projects given the, the land costs uh, there that you can kind of have a covered land play and um, and find the right um, type of project for the demand that's uh, that's in that neighborhood currently. Um, so we've we've had good success with that, and we hope to continue that. Yeah, and a lot of that is either vacant or dilapidated, right? So you guys are kind of revitalizing or almost creating like a sub neighborhood within there. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's all all the land is vacant, uh, which is important for us. We uh, there is some sensitivity around displacement, uh, particularly in Harrison, where uh, the neighborhood is sixty five percent plus uh, renters. Um, we've gotten to know that neighborhood pretty well over a hundred plus neighborhood meetings that I've personally attended, um, and uh, you know, I think there's a lot of fear and uh, distrust for folks like me. Uh, trying to work in neighborhoods like like Harrison, um, you know, there's a lot of folks that are kind of living right on the edge financially, and uh, there's also a lot of families that have lived in rental property for generations and have long-term relationships with their landlords. And you know, the, as the financial pressure of you know new development and construction starts to impact, you know, those owners of that property, that has obviously a downstream impact on those renters. Um, and so there's instability in kind of the, the what the future holds, and that that breeds a lot of fear of the unknown. 
um, and comes out. We're a lightning rod whenever we do a project um, of any scale in a neighborhood like that. So we try to engage pretty uh, uh, transparently and, and proactively to try to help folks understand what we're trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, we invest in neighborhoods long term. And so we get to build relationships uh, with uh, individuals and leaders and communities. Um, so I have a lot of personal relationships with the folks that uh, I've been meeting with over the last six years on those projects. And that's really informed the types of work that we do there. Yeah. Cool. Um, switching gears. What have you guys been up to in the retail sphere? You've acquired quite a few uh, retail places lately, right? Yeah, we, um, we've did a nice uh, acquisition um, out in Oakdale. Uh, uh, the Oakdale village property uh, was a, I think an acquisition back in March or April. Um, We've built uh, some retail recently up in Blaine um, at that project I was describing, the land development deal. Um, and then we've just had a lot of retail uh, activity within our existing portfolio, about a million square feet. And, you know, we, I think I was pretty um, transparent about some of the challenges that our retail tenants faced during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, we were um, certainly on the front lines with them. Uh a lot of the time, uh, and we've seen a big resurgence in that retail activity, and it's been a very strong asset class recently. And we feel pretty good um, about our current holdings, and uh, fairly bullish on where we think retail, particularly smaller um, strip retail, is headed. Uh, I think it's proven out that um, you know shoppers really like that bricks and mortar, and uh, so we are looking add additional acquisitions in that space that um, feel like they um, would be good long-term holds for us. Yeah. Are you still moving ahead with the uh, Four Seasons Mall uh, plans in Plymouth? Yeah. And that's a yeah, redevelopment, right? Yeah, we're working with the city. Um, they have recently engaged with a, um, a, a contractor to take down the Four Seasons Mall. So I think that's been completed. That demo has been completed. Um, so we're working with their team to... Uh, pin down the development agreement and uh, we're hoping to start construction on you know several phase project here in 23 there are obviously some headwinds uh, that i think everybody's quite familiar with regard to interest rates and construction costs um but we we really like that site i think it's going to be a really fun project for us to work on yeah um i'm not sure how much this would be in your purview but are you are you seeing a shift in how cities landowners are thinking about malls and retail centers i'm specifically thinking of some of the discussions around um, Rosedale and Maplewood Mall about bringing kind of more of mixed use mixed use districts together bringing more residential near retail how are how are those conversations playing out in the work you guys do yeah I mean I think uh, largely or broadly people have turned a corner a bit on kind of malls and particularly interior malls of we, we we have several of those we have uh, great assets uh, in this region with regard to that and uh, seeing those as um, clear amenities for um, for housing in particular, and potentially also kind of the, the workforce on the office side, uh, and so there's been kind of a, a, a strategy of trying to mix the uses into and densify uh, that interior mall setting, uh, and so we've been watching that pretty closely. You know, we're not necessarily in that institutional space, um, and we kind of play on the edges of it. Certainly, but it's it's been notable to watch, and I, you know, we're pretty close to Rosedale. That's been a home shopping mall for me for you know thirty some odd years, and uh, it's seen a pretty big resurgence, particularly on kind of the outlot um, investment. And 
uh, you know, we've been a beneficiary of that and think that housing adjacent to uh, that type of investment is a pretty smart long-term strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say, so you guys have been up to quite a bit. Are you, do you feel like there's been a growth in the company in recent years? Yeah, we've, we've, uh, we, um, I think we were at 28 employees pre pandemic and now we're at 48. So it's been a pretty rapid growth just over the last couple of years. Um, and part of that is taking the residential management in house, uh, which I think has been important for us uh, to be able to manage that experience for our, our consumer and customer on the residential side, just like we do on the commercial side with our 550 commercial tenants. Um, and so there's been, you know, some uh, pretty significant changes to our organization as a result of adding that level of headcount um, to a pretty small and kind of nimble team uh, pre-pandemic. Uh, you know, we're, I'd say, kind of on a pretty steady growth trajectory from an acquisitions and development standpoint. Um, we we like working on projects that uh, we can roll up our sleeves on and we can get creative. Um, and we are sometimes a little selective about what types of projects we do want to work on. And oftentimes it's more of an opportunistic approach as opposed to some sort of grand scheme or strategy where you know, the big shot developer is kind of telling everybody where, you know, the future is going. And I can tell you that we have no idea, but we're excited about it. And we have, uh, we think we have um, some good resources in place and some great talent that we're working with on a day-to-day basis to help us continue to grow the organization and um, put our money where our mouth is. Yeah. So do you feel optimistic about the future of uh, residential real estate investment and development? Certainly. I mean, we, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we've got about half and half affordable versus market rate. And, you know, there is clearly a lot of uh, issues and challenges, uh, particularly on trying to get deals financed right now. As Jay Powell mentioned yesterday, he's kind of trying to tell us to cut it out, if uh, you know what I mean. And uh, that's probably the right thing to do to try to get in front of inflation. Um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that we have, uh, any lessening of demand for housing. And so, you know, we're kind of pivoting to try to focus more of our attention here over the next couple of years to get to that, some of the, uh, affordable projects that we have in the pipeline out of the ground. Uh, and then we'll likely, uh, pivot back to market rate, um, as interest rates come back to us, it's a little easier to get projects financed and capitalized uh with with gap financing from the public sector as opposed to just uh digging deeper in our own um pockets uh so we you know we're kind of looking at um additional litech housing project sites to try to acquire or put under contract and uh, we just uh received <clears throat> two separate awards from MHFA or Minnesota Housing Finance Agency last week on a couple of projects we're working on in Minneapolis and so we're hoping that we can start construction on at least one of those next year um, and then we'll have the delivery of uh, a couple of projects here in the near term, too. Yeah. Do you mind telling me a bit about how you got into this industry? <clears throat> um, well, I started digging fence post holes for my dad, Steve, back when I was like, you know, nine. Uh, yeah. Painted, you know, parking lot light pedestals when I was 11. Uh, mm-hmm. But in a kind of formal professional capacity, I did not work for the company until 2014. Um, I went to business school uh, in finance and real estate out in Seattle, University of Washington, 
uh, and then went to work for CBRE doing investment sales brokerage on their office team uh, in the downtown Seattle office location and did that for uh, three years. Um, and then uh, Steve made me an offer, and me and my wife now, an offer we couldn't refuse to move back to the Twin Cities. Um, and that worked out uh, really well for us at that moment in time. And it's been a great transition. Um, but I, it was uh, the first couple of years working for the company was certainly kind of trial by fire. Uh, learning construction and development was a pretty big shift from uh, investment sales brokerage on the institutional level. Um, sure. But that experience kind of holds uh, pretty firm in a lot of, uh, you know, the framework of how I look at projects and and think about where we're headed. Um, and so I appreciate those skills that I was able to glean from that brief experience at CB in Seattle. Yeah. Awesome. David, I don't think I have any other questions. Is there anything you want to add that I didn't ask about? I don't think so. Yeah, no, All thanks right. for, for the opportunity to um, talk my, about myself a little bit and for yeah. shining a little, a little light on the company. It's, it's a fun one to work. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, JD. Right. Yep. Take care. See ya.